Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching, so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. of Nerdificent. We are starting off Spooktober. Iffy? Yes. You're, you're all in your orange today. Oh yeah. I, Head I, to I toe. Got, you know, I wish I could be like, I did it for the cast, but really I just got these new uh, Gatorade J's and they're orange and I could have gone white with it, but I was like, let me lean into the orange because it, oh, well, I guess I did do it for the festive reasons. My bad. You know. I'm, yeah, but all this month we are going to be covering horror Scary, spooky, spooksters, witchcraft. Why are you giggling? Spooksters. Spooksters. That Come here like... and get your get your spookies on. I like whenever places do like the puns. Like yeah. uh you know, like happy Honda days or something. Yeah, but it's on, like Yeah, someone on Twitter was doing like a whole like I love the Halloween spooky stuff and the whole long thing on how much they love uh halloween puns and then i just replied ghoul story bro mm-hmm. yep we're gonna <laughs> eat drink and be scary yeah okay i think people are already over there <laughs> um so today joining us we are actually we're starting off with the halloween franchise and we brought someone who is a dope expert she is a comedian a director we are joined by luce tomlin brenner Thanks for coming. Hello. Yeah, so you were highly recommended as someone that like, one, you're legit wearing Halloween 3 Yeah, <laughs> when I know that there's like a theme involved, I'm going to dress for it. Yeah. Oh my God. So what is your first memory, I guess, of Halloween, like the franchise in general? When did you start getting into it? Well, actually seeing the movies, I saw the first one. Not until college, actually. Oh, wow. But I saw the third one when I was much younger, the third one, Season of the Witch. <laughs> you went out of is, order. Yeah, well, it's okay with Season of the Witch because it has nothing to do with Michael Myers. It's the one outsider film that has takes place in a totally different universe. It's more science fiction-y. Um, and that one was on late at night on television, and my mom actually woke me up 
as a kid and said that she was too scared to watch it. And would I come with her? Oh, my gosh. And watch it. Me, a child. Yeah. my mom company. Oh, wow. Um, and there's a scene where, like, a kid's head is he's wearing a mask and it kind of explodes into gnarly snakes and worms and creepy crawlies and I was like I'm never gonna put a mask on my head again like I was totally absolutely do you have like a phobia now not now but it I would say it like lasted probably 10 good years of like "Mm, I can't all masks are cursed mine was I don't know if you guys remember the haunted mask from Goosebumps Goosebumps? Mm, absolutely yeah I had that VHS tape of uh, Carly Baxter she got the mask stuck on her head and that scared the crap out of me she could not get the mask well that was a scary mask too yeah yeah yeah. there are two episodes that were really scary to me to me the mask one the mask was scary, but not necessarily like the theme or what it was was scary. But that puppet one. Oh, Night of the Living Dummy? Hell yeah. yeah. No, that thank was, you. That was like one of the most hardcore Goosebumps ones. I don't know if you saw, but I did a giveaway of my Twilight Zone toys, and one of them was figures, uh, and one of them was the dummy. Oh, wow. That was, again, originally a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, dummies have been in horror because you have that. True. Then you have the weird, creepy Family Matters Halloween special. (laughs) Then you have (laughs) Tales from the Hood Mm -hmm. with the slave dummies. Also, I don't know if he counts, but my cousin Skeeter. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Kind of. I think he had a Halloween episode. He kind of counts as a dummy. He's a puppet, but, you know puppets and uh yeah night of the living living dummy is the mm. reason why i never trusted ventriloquists i didn't want to be alone with their dummies no it makes sense like anything that can just sit and stare at you with dull True. eyes mm-hmm. dull eyes dull yeah eyes, yeah it's uh it feels like there's something menacing behind it yeah so let's uh let's talk a little bit about halloween because there's a lot to talk about oh, yeah. uh so Halloween is an American horror franchise that consists of 11 mm-hmm. films, <laughs> novels, comic books, merchandise, and a video game. And the franchise primarily focuses on the serial killer, Michael Myers, who was committed to a sanitarium as a child, which is a cuckoo's nest, for those who don't know, which is a <laughs> insane asylum, for those who don't know that reference. And uh, he was, he was uh, basically committed as a child for the murder of his older sister, Judith Myers. And then 15 years later, he escapes to stalk and kill the people of the fictional town of Haddonfield, Illinois, while being chased by his former psychiatrist, Dr. Sam Loomis. Michael's killings occur on the holiday of Halloween, on which all of the films primarily take place. Yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, this is interesting because this was like that kind of trend that was interesting and I feel like never really revisited, but just the idea of there being a time, a killing time, a killing hour. Like even oh, yeah. remember the whole thing with it was that it was to stop um, the original it was it was going to be a specific date that he comes out and he kills people every seven years. Yes. Every mm-hmm. seven years. And, the, and I feel like that is like a very because horror at its core is preying on human fears mm-hmm. and. I think the the knowledge of when it happens, it's going to happen. Yeah, I like that a lot because it means that it's inevitable. Yeah. Like, no matter what you do, the calendar's going to keep rolling. And Michael Myers has that calendar and he's crossing <laughs> off the days. Yeah. Very um, punctual. Yeah, our producer Dan just uh, said The Purge, yeah, which is yeah. a more recent one. That's um, very true. I have a couple. So I rewatched this last night. <laughs> 
I have a, I mean, you know, I'm going to, I was that obnoxious person. I was watching it again. I'm like, but why this? But wait, that doesn't make sense. But you know what? Overall, it was groundbreaking because it was an indie horror film. Yeah, $300,000. Extremely low budget. And actually, I think 25, so I was looking up 25,000 of that went to Donald Pleasance, who was the only like actually known actor that was in it. He played uh, Dr. Loomis. Wow. And so everybody else was pretty much not well known. Jamie Lee Curtis they went with because of her mom, Mm -hmm. who was the original, you would know her as the scream queen from um, Psycho. Janet Lee. Janet Lee. Yeah, and uh, Touch of Evil. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And so, but this was the first thing really that Jamie Lee Curtis had had been in, I think. Yeah, it says this was int- her breakout role. Yeah, it says intro- in the in the opening credits, it says introducing Jamie Lee Curtis. And she so, had a good scream. That yeah. was like another thing. That's why she became a scream queen. She yeah. had this amazing blood-curdling shriek that hadn't that, really been displayed in I movie. feel Yeah, yeah. And I feel that era has died of have being scream queen. I mean, MTV even had the Scream Queens reality show. Did you ever watch that? I did oh, briefly. Yeah. yeah. And it was all about, you know, you had to you had to have that scream and then you because yeah, you had Scream, the actual movie, you had Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then you started getting I think horror started moving more into where it became kind of like a gore fest like your saw movies yeah well when saw came out in was it like 2002 or 2003 that was totally changed yeah the genre moved everything away from slasher or an Uh unknown killer and made it more about like how can we intricately take the human Mm -hmm. body apart yeah yeah it's like not really my thing like i love horror because then you had like hostile too hostile yep i think yeah saw came out in 2004 uh, I did want to say I just shot a pilot with Barbara Crampton, and she is a scream queen for ah. sure. And so we shot it. It was produced by Fangoria, and it was a ghost hunting pilot. But like her fans, because I was like tagged in her pictures with her, her fans are ravenous. Like it's really funny. Like a lot of horror and indie horror people are like in love with that, and they follow those actors throughout their films. Oh, absolutely. I mean, horror conventions are so huge, True, and that's yeah. where like a lot of these uh, women and. Uh, small actors who like had this thriving career and like VHS tape basically. Yeah. They really are still operating pretty well underneath the surface. We just don't know that. It's like I've waited in lines before for people and I've come back and been like, look at this person I met and it only hits for very few people <laughs> are excited for me. Mm-hmm. So you know you guys know being nerds, you just have to like turn to your niche and be like, you for guys sure. Did it. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Oh man. Let's talk a little bit about the man who made this film, John Carpenter. Uh, yeah. So he was pretty much fresh out of film school. Yeah, when he when he decided to make this again, their budget was three hundred thousand, and uh, he also did the music, the very iconic, famous. Music. I love the music so much. I was yeah. just I, I was rewatching yesterday. I did like a little marathon because I was like, I want to get everything fresh in my head. <laughs> so I like pounded all. Uh, not all eleven, but the original non-Rob Zombie ones in the last. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so you also got H two O in there. Oh, I love H two O. I don't know if yeah, now's the time was... we're talking about it, but that one is so yeah. good. We'll talk H2O about it. Had L O Cool J, and then the one after that had Busta Rhymes uh-huh. and Tyra Banks. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that one was. Those are interesting because you brought up Scream earlier. And uh, Scream was revolutionary for bringing in teens that people already knew. And it was like Uh names that were already big instead of like these had teenage like the original Halloween had teenagers, but they were no names. Wes Craven was like, what if we brought in like a pop culture bent by not only having the references, but also having 
you know, faces people recognize. Yeah. And so then H2O saw the success of Scream and was like, let's bring in these hot teens, Josh Hartnett mm-hmm. and LL Cool J, not a teen anymore at that yeah. time. but. I mean, yeah. I mean, LL Cool J at the time, how old was he? Let me he seems up. ageless to me. Yeah. So he But I feel like he had to have been in his late 20s, 59. early 30s. Oh, wow. Yep. I have no I mean, idea he's how old he is. 50 years old. I said 59. Oh, okay. He's 50 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, wow. H2O came out um, I keep thinking 59 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and H2O is 20 years later. That's wild. I just made that connection. Wow. I really feel like this so he was just 30. highlighted you were my right. Bet. Okay. You were right. Oof. My math skills were all ago. over the place there. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, mine's, mine's was, I was just doing all that talking to buy me time so I can just say the right one. <laughs> Thank goodness this isn't the math expert podcast. <laughs> uh, so John Carpenter actually teamed up with uh, Deborah Hill, and they wrote this together. So previously she hadn't been, a, she was a script supervisor in Assault on Precinct 13. That's when they originally worked together. So then it was kind of a big move for her to now be a screenwriter on Halloween. Isn't that cool? It is. And there weren't really a lot of women involved in horror either For because sure. especially in the 70s and like the 60s like grindhouse and exploitation films were like really where horror was thriving and uh that was definitely like all dudes yeah so she um she was actually born in Haydenfield and then you'll see that that was then in New Jersey and that was the name of the town that they were in mm-hmm. um, except for in Illinois and it doesn't exist right right, in right. and it doesn't exist yeah a lot of places don't like the stranger things where do they live again um, or is that a real place? It's not a real place. Um, oh, shoot. It's like on all their... On the tip of my tongue. I just watched that mall commercial for it again. Hawkins. I think they do that just so that people don't flock to a place. I'm sure. Yeah. Everybody always goes and visits the... Um, oh, shoot. What am I trying to say? Everyone always goes... The Home Alone house. Yeah. In Chicago. Yeah. And the Full House house mm-hmm. in yep, yep, yep. San Francisco. And then the Blank Check house is actually in Austin because when I went hmm. to school at UT there, you could go and see it. It does not have a slide that goes from the office to the pool. Ouch. Like, like they wow. would lead you to believe. Disappointing. Well, this was filmed in Pasadena, so we could actually mm-hmm. go see the houses yes. if we wanted to. Speaking of which, I went to Downey High, which uh, in Downey, they have the golf and stuff that's featured in Karate Kid. Uh, and you know what? Forget that place because when I was 17, they did not accept my, uh, they did not hire me when I put in a job application. I'm surprised you're mad. even mentioning it right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to know so people can, if they're seeing it, drive away. Like okay. someone's in their car driving to golf and stuff right now. They're like, all right, if you said we got a dip. I want to talk about two really cool things. Uh, One, I like the fact that they were showing the thing, the original thing on the TV. Yeah. Because then he later ended up directing it. So that was super cool to get to see. Yeah, it must have been a favorite of his already. Yeah, yeah. And influential is why he had it in there. So um, for y'all that don't remember, they were watching, the two little kids were watching uh, the one that Jamie Lee Curtis was uh, babysitting. Tommy, who actually comes up in a later. Yeah. And then... uh, who was the other girl's name? Uh, Lindsay. Lindsay, yeah. Because her babysitter, Annie, who is the friend, Lori's friend, is like screams her name many, many times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. Yeah, and so they were watching The Thing, the original thing, and uh, and that was really dope because then John Carpenter ended up directing The, the Thing. Uh, and then another thing was that you actually didn't have very much blood. A lot of people think mm-hmm. that there's a lot of blood because there is a lot of like stabbing and strangling and even like him slicing people in the neck. But they chose to not have blood. And it's so fascinating or not very much of it. It's fascinating because they were like, 
it's more of your imagination. So if you remember Absolutely. someone getting sliced in the neck, like they didn't actually show any blood. That's just your own mind, yeah. like creating that for you. And the sound is so crisp too. Like I love the sound in that movie because every knife slash, it yeah. it gives me chills because it has like a very like ching. Like, so I feel like that coupled with the imaginative aspects of it are really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, Erwin Yablins uh, is an American independent film producer and distributor known for his work in the horror film industry. His brother, Frank Yablins, was also a producer. He produced Jaws, Halloween, Tourist Trap, Roller Boogie, Nocturna, Goddaughter of Dracula, (laughs) Halloween 2, Hell Night, Blood Beach, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, The Shirt in Which Luce is Wearing, and Tank. Halloween began as an idea suggested by the Yablands entitled The Babysitter Murders. Yeah, that was that was their thing. The it's baby- so great that they ditched that. Can you imagine mm-hmm. this having this much commercial success with that? Calling the babysitter lane? murders? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Also, well, they- babysitting is hard. I've done it for most of my life, and we don't need that kind of heat. It is kind of scary, and it is still like, you know, I think they use that in Scream, you know, the babysitting, you know, that theme, and... um in when a stranger calls mm-hmm. right like well it's scary being in somebody else's house right i um alone i've nannied at a place before that um was up in the hills and it was all glass so at night it's dark you can see out but you don't know who can see in at you because you can't see anything yeah. so i feel like it creates especially with teenagers i feel like a lot of people babysit when they're teens mm-hmm. so that idea of like you're in somebody else's house you don't know the ins and outs and like these aren't your kids, but you're supposed to protect them. There's a lot of different levels of anxiety going but on. But also just how they like completely capitalized on this holiday. Like mm. they took the name. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. took that's, Halloween. I mean, that's usually like, oddly enough, I feel a smart bet if you think of it on a commercial level. Because if you label a movie to a holiday, then you get those sweet residuals mm-hmm. all the time. Like a Sinbad's rolling in the dough from Jingle All the Way because mm-hmm. every Christmas yep. it's a staple, you know? Same with yeah. Mariah Carey. Oof, I mean, that she Christmas is the album. queen of Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's, that is who she is. No, it's true. I remember, well, you were asking me what do I remember from when I was a kid. And even though I didn't watch these when I was a kid, I grew up in the late 80s and early 90s. And this was on network TV every mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember coming home from Trick or Treat and it would be on the TV and I would be too scared and I'd have to go into another room, which is funny now looking back on it because you said it's not that bloody. It's not actually that scary, but just like the menacingness right, yeah. of Michael Myers and the idea that he was going to come on Halloween. And I'm like, Halloween's a nice time. Yeah. So I didn't like that as a child. Also, the way that he was shot. I mean, I feel like mm-hmm. that was also kind of groundbreaking and Carpenter's idea of the shape, you know, which is his other name that he's known as kind of just like this thing that's lurking mm-hmm. um, is also another another part of it. And I think a big part of um, like congratulations goes to Nick Castle who played the shape mm-hmm. in the first movie and then never did again until he is going to be in David Gordon Green's. I know. Which I'm so psyched He's going to be in the, most, the, the one that's coming out. Yeah, in yeah. a few weeks. Well, less than depending on when this airs. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about his return because – um, I love, I watch all of the movies. I like all the iterations. I think they all have something interesting going for them, but none of the Michaels are quite as like big and menacing mm-hmm. and they don't move the same way. Nick Castle has this lumbering aspect to him that made it also feel supernatural that, and the whole fact that he could keep coming back and like other iterations of Michael are a little more awkward and he doesn't seem as big. Yeah. And, 
a lot of it is, I think, dude. I know. Nick I was Hassel. watching him. Like he's he's a little thick. Like I'm I'm kind of yeah. into it. He's kind of hot. <laughs> it's crazy. He's kind of hot. It's crazy. He's supposed to be 21. Oh, that's another I put thing. That together last uh-huh. night for the first Same. time. Mm-hmm. He's 21. Mm-hmm. Makes me want to like just kind of smack him in the face and be like, get over Are yourself. Okay? Yeah. yeah, honey, go to a party. Uh, smoke some weed, baby. <laughs> yeah, chill. Out. Um, yeah, let's talk about Michael Myers. So he he is 21. He he's... seems perpetually 45 to 48. For to sure. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing though. So that opening that opening scene with him as a kid it's fascinating because as him as a you know he kills his sister and then they pull his mask off and he looks like this adorable little elf i like that he's cute that is kind of fascinating to me because later dr loomis was like yeah and i i I met him when 15 years ago and he was six years old and he had black eyes and i'm like no we saw him he didn't he had like blue eyes he was adorable like a sandy mop of hair uh (laughs) he was really cute he looked like a, a you know cabbage patch kid um so i found that fascinating but they did make him really cute and then when they pulled his mask off i was like he he kind of hot he's kind of hot I, so, I'd like to imagine that they wanted the kid to make like a mean face, but he was just such oh, no, a little cute. cutie. And they're like, all right, just leave it in. No, well, I feel like he had to have been like a friend's kid. Yeah. He's right? like, Moving like, on. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that his, his parents are just like, Michael, what did you do? And then they just stood there for like a minute. Just yeah. looking. I'm like, why don't you run inside? Yeah, but this was another one. I love, what's the movie? I think it is Scream, where they dissect the fact that the virgins live and mm-hmm. the quote unquote slutty kids don't. Yeah, um, absolutely. This was this was 100% that trope. Yeah, definitely, but um John Carpenter's actually said in interviews before that he wasn't trying to do that on purpose, mm-hmm. which I actually like and respect a lot because um like a morality play on virginity from a man is like not what yeah. I'm into. Yeah. So I really like that he was like, this is just, I was trying to portray teens as they are. Right. And like that's. That wasn't a part of it. Yeah. And I really watching it again, um, I was just thinking about how much her friends reminded me of my friends in high school. You're just like kind of mean to each other, but you're yeah. like really good friends and you're just like messing with each other. And like Lori is always played up as like the good girl, but she and her friend Annie are smoking pot in the car. Right, right, right. So it's not like she's not the perfect girl. She's mm-hmm. studious and like she like hasn't had sex. But like, come on, they're all just having fun. Yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah, we have a, a quote from Carpenter saying that uh, Halloween is a true crass exploitation. And I decided to make a film I would love to have seen as a kid full of cheap tricks like a haunted house at a fair where you walk down the corridor and things jump out at you. The film has often been cited as an allegory on the virtue of sexual purity and the danger of casual sex, though. My man's carpenter has explained that this was not the intent. He has said, and I quote, it has been suggested that I was making some kind of moral standpoint. Believe me, I'm not. In Halloween, I viewed the characters as simply normal ass teenagers. I added the ass. Uh, it was oh, a see, quote we read the I same interview, that. I think. <laughs> That's how I imagine him saying great, it. Like, though. what? Yeah. I'm really glad that he cleared, cl- clarified that. Yeah, because it, it it is interesting because it, but the because that is the interesting thing about art. And the difficult thing about creating it is you tell the story you want to tell and you put what you want behind it, but people can, will, and, you know, find their own meaning behind it. True. Make their own, like, it's so funny. Like, I think about the uh, ending of Interstellar and, like, how he, like, Nolan was getting annoyed because everyone would ask what it meant if he's in the dream or not based on the top of it. And he was like, that's for you to decide. And it was like, Kind of, but no. Like, Wait, you mean um the one with Leo? 
Yeah. Not Interstellar. Oh, I um, meant uh, Inception. Inception. Yeah, sorry. Did I say in, uh, Interstellar? I've been thinking about Interstellar a lot. I really <laughs> love that movie. I, I like... If you, you should try ketamine. No. Because... <laughs> No thanks. It feels like it. I did it with a doctor, so um, yeah, I did it with just... a doctor present. So it's only you know. Look, yeah, okay, I legally yeah, did yeah. it. All right, that's I a different crack, but it was my pres- Dan, can you add ketamine on our list of on the docket of nerd things I want to talk about? It is a science project. It's not just a drug. It's like used for people that have PTSD yeah. and other things. Oh, yeah. Anyways. Um, I've also read that. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I didn't I, take it illegally. I didn't yeah, shoot no, up I, it. I, 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 I didn't think you did. Stop no, but I, 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 I never took it. Listen, Iffy, one thousand percent. It 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 felt like that fourth dimension in Interstellar. Yeah, with the um, oh my gosh. I, I had the word for it, and then I stopped. I yeah. But, yeah. We'll talk about it. Off what air. is it? The um, tesseract. They're mm-hmm. they're in the yeah, tesseract. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. That yeah. That. The whole portrayal of space and the fact that it made so many scientists mad because because he chose a specific scientist theory and the scientists that don't believe that theory were fighting it. I was like, I like, but it's also just his portrayal. It's art. It's, but, yeah, but, that's but, what I was just gonna. But say. but what it was was because it was being lauded as one of the most scientifically accurate because he was going based on this science. So all the other scientists were like, hold up, because scientists are catty. Little brats who mm-hmm. like, and, but in and you're in an industry where you're you are saying I'm um, actually, and yeah. <laughs> that that is their whole thing. So they always have to be like, well, you know, but science it was, and pop culture. But similar. I like that. I, <laughs> yeah. That's that's the one instance that I do like that because one, it means that we're advancing knowledge when they're fighting over stuff. But two, it's funny that it's literally their job to be mad about at each other. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to say another thing that kind of. Uh, I liked their commentary on reality was a ghost story, which was uh, just like showing how we kind of treat, like how we don't fully understand the afterlife and like that they have a different timeline than we do, which I found fascinating. Uh, We are actually going to get into the rest of the Halloween franchise right after this break. They're sitting there like, oh, are we? Because y'all talking about sci-fi, not horror. And (laughs) ketamine. But we'll get to that after these messages. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Relax this Sunday with a little moment to yourself and the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Hey there, parents and teachers. Are you tired of feeling like every day is a battle of wills with your kids? Let me tell you about something that changed the game. 
Love and Logic. Love and Logic isn't just another parenting or teaching strategy. It's a mindset shift that empowers you to raise responsible, respectful kids while keeping your sanity intact. With Love and Logic, you'll learn practical techniques to set limits with empathy, give your kids the tools they need to make smart choices, and build relationships based on mutual respect and understanding. Love and Logic stands behind their methods with a one-year money-back guarantee. Try it out risk-free. If it doesn't change your life, we'll buy it back. Plus, you can get 10% off with code IHEART10. So if you're ready to say goodbye to power struggles and hello to peaceful, loving relationships with your kids, it's time to give Love and Logic a try. Visit their website or call today. Your sanity will thank you. Love and Logic, because parenting and teaching should be a joy, not a chore. Visit loveandlogic.com. And we are back, you guys. We're still doing... Actually, you ghouls, guys and ghouls, and please, please, I don't know if I want you to keep this or not. Uh, We are back continuing on with our first episode in Spooktober. We are talking about the Halloween franchise. Luce, I wanted to know, is there anything that we missed that you feel like we need to cover? Um, I wanted to go back to when, if he was reading that quote from John Carpenter where he talked about trying to create a funhouse vibe, because I feel like that absolutely comes through in the climax of the film when Laurie Strode, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, is walks into the upstairs bedroom and sees her friend Annie dead mm-hmm. and like laid out on with like Judith's gravestone, which I love that Mike Myers was just like trolling around Haddonfield with a giant gravestone yeah, under his arm. Right. Like a whole ass stone granite. Yeah. 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 So, um, and also it's just like, I've been knocked up on Thorazine for 15 years, but I can drive a car perfectly. Well, they talked about, I'm so glad that they talked about that because I was like, okay, that, that continuity would have bothered me. It drives me crazy. They were like, how could he drive? He drives in every movie and it's like, Uh he's been in a mental institution since Mm -hmm. he was five. So he, like, not only can do that, but has, like, these elaborate, like, beautifully, like, set up haunted house, like, aspects to his kills where he's like, all right, Annie's going to go here, and then I'm going to put the boyfriend's going to swing down from the ceiling, and then I'm going to have this door creak open and You were saying it's very Home Alone-esque. I think it is Home Alone. (laughs) And then that's the one thing they keep throughout every single movie, despite the timelines changing and the theories changing. They always have these kills displayed in this, like, over-the-top kind of comedic way and I love that one aspect to Michael Myers is just that he's like very creative with how people die yeah yeah like he purposely does that in every film and it's it's strange to me that that's the thing that sticks out right I will say the scene in the car got me I was like even though I've seen it you know Mm -hmm. and I love that I love where she goes to the car um, she checks it's locked she goes back and it's unlocked because they build it it up so many times uh you think he's going to get her in the laundry room right yeah and there's like several times you think someone's going to be gotten and they do a good job of subverting your expectations Mm -hmm. I read some pretty good uh video essays on horrors and how they do that just with the soundtrack alone and how they play with our emotions by playing certain tracks that lead us to believe that we're anticipating something to happen only for it to stop and lead to nothing and then that jump scare sting that gets us every time and it's so interesting because it's like yeah we are trained to be triggered uh by certain sounds and Mm -hmm. music we as moviegoers and the way that you know that's artfully played with especially in horror is actually really interesting and cool yeah and it's also like when you are in a haunted house or when you're 
maybe walking home late at night or you're just in a spooky situation and you're like, is something going to happen? Yeah. Isn't something going to happen? And having that mm-hmm. whole feeling while you're watching, it feels like you're there because everyone's walked through the house and been like, is that a noise or yeah. isn't it a noise? Yeah. Oh, and I love PJ Souls. That's another thing mm-hmm. I have to say about <laughs> real quick. Uh, PJ Souls is Linda, I think, is such a delight. She's in another one of my favorite movies, Rock and Roll High School with the Ramones. And I love, like, she just had a look. She was, like, always wearing pigtails. And she's like, doesn't matter what movie I'm in, I'm wearing pigtails. Mm-hmm. I think that's a real fun demand to make. She said in an interview that she was the only one that when she did her line, it was mainly that she she was saying, totally. And she said John Carpenter was like, you were the only one that said it how I hear it, like, in my head. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and then And then, and she actually said it, like, I think five or six times, like, in the film, if you look back at it, when she mm-hmm. answers the phone, or she'd be like, Totally. Uh, yeah, so that was really funny. Yeah, she's a really funny character, and I like when Michael Myers, like, he tries to be her, like, pretends to be her boyfriend oh, by putting so the great. ghost blanket on. Uh-huh. I love that so much, and she's just like, mm, you see something you like? And yeah. she's, like, flirting and goofing off, and, like, it's one of those things where it happens a lot in these movies where, like, the character thinks that the- <laughs> Michael Myers is their boyfriend. It keeps mm-hmm. happening. <laughs> Several times. In the second one, a character thinks that he's her boyfriend and she licks his hand for Ooh. a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's yeah. just like, I it never stops being a little funny and also like, oh, God, dummy, come on. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, mo- yeah. moving differently. There's a different smell. Mm-hmm. Like, you just hooked up, you know? <laughs> like, you already forgot. Do you know this guy or not? Like, Yeah, so... so uh, Halloween came out 1978, came out October 25th, 1978. That's solid. A Halloween weekend. Moving on. To Halloween 2. Yeah. All right. Halloween 2. Oh, man. I. This is, I feel like, it was still creepy, but it definitely, we're, we're in the zone where it starts Oh, I forgot to that. say, we in Halloween 1, so the film ends with Michael Myers being shot six times, and then he disappears. Yes. Yeah, he hits the ground, and you're like, cool, he's dead. Yeah. And, they, oh, and then it, when, it, when I saw he was gone, I was like, cool, he's a superhero? <laughs> or 50 Cent. Yeah, yeah, true, true, huh? yeah. true. But that I, was like John Carpenter's thing, is he wanted him to be like, a supernatural. Yeah, entity. I mean, yeah. he clearly is. Mm-hmm. He oh, yeah. doesn't have human DNA. But apparently. then after that, every single one is like, no, he is a real guy, and here's mm-hmm. a bunch of reasons why. Here's his family, okay? Yeah. <laughs> he goes to an office every day. He's a real man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so then, yeah, I guess in this one, we find out that Lori is actually Michael's sister, and she was given up for adoption. I don't, understand. I don't know infant. if I like this part. Well, this is what happens when oftentimes when horror movies get a sequel like mm-hmm. i find that w- like they have a solid cohesive story in the for- first one and i think what makes a lot of horror movies great is that there isn't much to the story you leave a lot to the imagination the the thing is mysterious like that's what was so funny to take another step out of horror but to something similar was when godzilla came out and everyone was like I didn't like it, the new Godzilla, not the one that had P. Diddy do the Stairway to Heaven remix, even though that slaps. I don't care what anybody says. It slaps. I'll never forget, like, I was standing up, bobbing in front of the TV when he was doing his mad TV performance. Yeah, it that slaps. But the new one with Brian Cranston, a lot of people were like, well, we didn't know where he came from. And I was like, yeah, that's kaiju movies. <laughs> like, That's just, mm-hmm. if all kaiju movies, you don't know where it comes. It's just a giant monster that came out of nowhere. 
Almost, Isn't that scarier? Yeah, exactly. Why do you need to know the... So Godzilla com- comes from the a race of Godzillians, and, uh, you know, he got here... Uh, no, he's just... We don't know where he came from, because... That is, in a weird way, real. You don't know always know where your problems come from. You don't always know where, when, how disaster is going to strike. You just need to deal with it. And when you're dealing with it, you don't care where it came from. You just want it to stop. And then after that, maybe figure out some of the backstory. I think that's why people like things wrapped up, though, in film. Yeah. Because they're like, the rest of my life is insane. Yeah. I know, yeah. Exactly. Like, I need Please, some comfort. Let me get this. That's very true. That's actually a really good point. But so when you do have that kind of story where it's this mysteriousness around it, and then in the second one, to kind of even i feel like sometimes justify a sequel you do have to round out the story around the character what is his motive of still still going and uh and i guess the motive is somehow even though it's never talked about in the first movie <laughs> he is his sister i feel like that's the first thing the psychiatrist should have brought up but wait but they might undo because yeah, the new so the movie new one's taking place after the first one, mm-hmm. so it's yeah. wiping so they've out. They've erased uh-huh. all of it. They've erased all of it. They've they've Dragon Ball uh, Dragon Ball Supered it. <laughs> oh, they they erased love... all the films, so which is kind of cool. And John yeah. Carpenter psyched about it because he didn't want to make a yeah. sequel. Like Ooh. he was a, he wrote Halloween too, but he didn't want to. Although it ended up getting a two million dollar budget, so Whoa, a huge a huge hike jump. up from the three hundred thousand. Yeah. So I think it was like the money was there. He was gonna write it. He and Deborah Hills still produced it. Yeah, but um, he wasn't into it. He felt like the story had been told already. I mean, if we want to talk about something current, just take another tangent. What do you think about this Child's Play reboot that uh, the creators mad about? Oh, the creators mad about yeah, it. Yeah, because here's the thing. So the creator's mad because I, I guess he's not involved, uh, which mm. happens in movies it's when kind of you don't really own your IP because. Yeah. Uh, and but the main thing is that like a lot of people are like they're rebooting it when the series is still alive and ongoing. But I think the last movie came out 2014. I was like, you don't get to use that excuse when it's been four years. Right. Like, just, also, the Chucky movies are just like yeah. every other um, thing. All the other slasher movies from the yeah. 80s. Like, yeah, you could say Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. is ongoing, but it's done. But I, mm-hmm. I like, guess you know I you know I want to get my mouth right. I want to make sure I'm not talking out my my behind because if if it is in production the the then it is ongoing you know so yeah so are they saying that they're gonna completely like brand new remake or so so this is the last note on it based on Wikipedia uh so in October 2007 Don Mancini who was the one throwing shade on Twitter about the new one expressed an interest in having Glenn Glinda from Seed of Chucky return in a future film. Most references to the character had been cut from Cult of Chucky. In February of 2018, it was announced that a Child's Play television series is in the works with involvement from Mancini and producer David Kirshner and is set to be a continuation of the film's story arc. Mancini also stated that as well as the series, feature films will still continue. So it seems like it's been a lot of promises. Um, Mm, And... Uh, it's in the works, but in Hollywood, lots of times in the works means we're out pitching it and seeing if anyone's going to yeah, pick it up. Yeah, someone had an idea and a yeah. wish. Uh, you know, you know, as a career, I'm not going to be like, the corporation that bought your thing totally owns the right to do whatever it wants, because no, everyone would hate that. I would hate that. But it's like, I find that in this industry, a lot of people will work in the industry, and then they know how 
shady it can be mm-hmm. and then when it doesn't go your way like you're just acting like what how is this happening it's like you know what happened you know that you probably sold that ip you know that they were gonna do that you they probably called you when you st- started talking about that you had a tv show in the works being like we're gonna do a thing and we're and they you were probably like i but also they probably didn't call them and just did it but they do own it uh i don't know I think uh, the thing too with um also, I think I'm only caping for it because of who got announced in the reboot. Who's gonna be in it? Yeah. Because if it was anyone else, I'd be on Dan's eye. But it was uh but yeah, the new, everyone hates the new Chucky doll because it's kind of like cute. I actually like that it's cute because that's kind of like mm-hmm. like the one thing <gasps> oh. that made someone said it used Facetune and that yeah. made me laugh a that's lot. That's very yeah. funny. But me, it's like that's the first I mean, one was creepy before it even was possessed. Yeah, and then like now it just is a joke. Like Chucky's a like how he looks now is a joke to me. Uh, yeah. Oh, and all the recent ones, it is a joke. Well, apparently like the newer comedies. ones. Okay, there it is. So, so it Aubrey Plaza. Oh yeah, Brian Tyree Henry. Oh. So that's kind of why I uh, why funny. I was like I'm in. I was like yeah. I'm in. I'm willing to give this bad boy a chance. Those are two uh, actors I'd love to see in the mix. But it does suck the way it happens. And of course, we all know how horror fr- fans can be. I don't think it might uh, live as well because yeah. co- horror fans they. They're strong, they're mighty, and they're loyal. I also to love say, a new franchise, too. I get a little, like, I feel like it lives, I mean, I'm only saying that, I guess because maybe Child's Play is not my favorite as far as, like, because I'm so psyched on this new Halloween yeah. movie, so I don't want to, like, uh, you know, say the opposite thing, but wouldn't it be great if there was a new franchise, a new thing happening? Like, yeah. I was here for The Conjuring, but the last, The Nun was woof. Yeah, everyone said woof. Uh, I think it still made a good amount of money, too, though, right? Oh, yeah, because yeah. it's like we're so hard up for franchises. Like in yeah. the 80s, you had Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street and Child's Play and Friday the 13th. And um, in the 90s, all that kept, you know, when we were born, we were born into these franchises. Mm-hmm. And now it's like very nebulous. Like if you weren't going to watch people's skin get picked off in the Saw movies, then like, what did yeah. you have? Yeah. So Halloween too, y'all. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Always bad This cop. is probably going to happen all the time on Spooktober. We're just going to talk horror movies in general. Um, it came out October 30th, 1981. Like you were saying, it was Michael's other sister, Lori, who was Jamie Lee Curtis in the original, reprised her role. She also needs to die now. Um, so is that his main... I just, like, because you've seen all of them. Is that his... What is his motive? Um, I think they're... Well, that's an interesting thing to say. So um, for the first several of them until you get to curse of michael myers the motive is just to like kill every living person yeah does he have him. a thing for young people because in the original he's just killing young well he did kill a guy that was old remember the um he kills- worker yeah in the beginning yeah 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 he was like, found in like the cornfieldish area yeah he had to like truck. kill that guy to get his yeah jumps oh in. yeah 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 once yeah, he yeah, had yeah. that look down mm-hmm. then he was like he had to keep i think that's very funny about michael myers he continuously finds this mask and the jumpsuit oh like, yeah <laughs> he breaks out of an mental institution every time mm-hmm. like where is he getting these i looks? forgot to say real quick his mask which the original actor like they had molded his face and then they bleached it a scent or no yeah they bleached it and then they had whitened it and they were like it looks so scary that we knew like this had to be the the mask that they used yeah it was a, a william shatner halloween mask wait was it that's how it started yeah oh. they got like a cheap halloween mask from a drugstore 
Because then they're like, no budget. It was like oh, wait, four or yeah, five yeah, yeah. And then they bleached, bleached it and it molded it to his and face. And molded it, yeah, to his face. But that was only um, in the first two. And then after that, they start looking real weird. Like the fourth movie, the mask is so bad. Yeah. I hate the way the mask looks in the so, fourth one. So what are the final, like, is there anything else we need to mention for Halloween 2? Oh, yeah. I, I want to mention how they shot a kid in this movie. The cops blast a kid in the movie. Uh, and he blows up. He's set on fire. Yeah. yeah. I remember as a, as a kid, that scene was like, that, that scene was probably what got me into comedy because it was <laughs> such – I laughed so hard at it. And it's just such a dark moment when you really, like, unpack it. But it was so funny that they were so sure that this was Michael Myers, that this dude in a mask <laughs> has to do it. And uh, and then they just moved on with their life after, like, there, there was no – it was just done. They were like, oh, we accidentally lit this kid on fire. Yeah, it's never discussed again. <laughs> yeah, see y'all later. And and Dr. Loomis continues to be like, the crazy man, why won't he stop shouting? And yeah, he's like, this, it's not the guy. Yeah, also it's like the Boston public of of movies because you remember Boston public mm -hmm. when it was like, these are teachers, not cops. This is a psychiatrist. <laughs> why are you chasing down this man? They, this is way out of your pay grade. What are you going to do? What are you going to do to Michael Myers? Uh, he tries to do a lot of things. Yeah, him. he tries, and he, it's and he's he should, the only he one should... who does. Though all the cops get killed over and over. Yeah, again. somehow the psychiatrist though he got that he's thing. He's the strongest. On. So at the end, Michael is engulfed in flames. He stumbles out of the room, and before finally falling dead, but he's not dead. Right. Well, you think he's dead, and then when they go to do um, Season of the Witch, which is the third one, the idea is that from then on it's going to be an um, anthology series like American oh, Horror Story. Uh -huh. So it was like, fine, the first tour about Michael Myers, they're going to be Halloween movies that come out every year. They'll be about different spooky things. So like the next year is about these haunted masks. And then the year after was going to be something else. But then everyone lost their collective minds over the fact that Michael Myers wasn't, wasn't in the third in it. one. Yeah, he wasn't in it. And they were just like, oh, no, it was like such a bomb that then they had to come up with like, well, he was burned badly, but he lived. Mm -hmm. So that's how they come back with it. That's how it happens. One. But he seems dead. Like it's. It's played like he's dead. It's right. not like the first one where right. he disappears. Ah. Yeah, so we have Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. It came out October 22nd, 1982. And um, just what are like three main bullet points people need to know for this film? Uh, Silver Shamrock, the creepy corporation, has this devious plan to um, basically blow up kids' heads and they buy these masks and they watch like the specific um, shamrock programming the night of Halloween. So the idea is that there's three different masks. There's a skeleton, the pumpkin, the witch. And like everyone buys them. It's basically a commentary on consumerism oh, uh -huh. and like rampant marketing of Halloween. So the idea is like kids will have these masks. They'll watch the tie-in television show. And then their brains will melt into spiders and snakes and creepy crawlies. So oh. was this corporation owned by witches? Uh, no, just like a bad dude. <laughs> All right. Dr. Claw. And on that note, we have Halloween 4, Return of Your Boy, Michael Myers. <laughs> that's that's the version you get if you get my bootleg version. But normally it's called Halloween 4, Return of Michael Myers. And that dropped October 21st, 1988. I was uh, yep. a few months old. Mm -hmm. I, was, I, was, I was like, yeah, let me see this. Uh, <laughs> I, I assume. Um, but yeah, so apparently Lori died, but she has a daughter. 
And while being transferred back to Smith's Grove, Michael awakens upon hearing that Laurie Strode, who died in a car accident, God. has a daughter. That, that's a very funny scene because he's like all wrapped in bandages. I can't see anything. He's strapped to a gurney. He hasn't moved in the first five minutes. And then the two EMTs are like in the back being like, oh, yeah, Laurie died in a car accident, but her daughter's still in Haddonfield. What? Yeah, what, and then, what? And then his hands are like, crick, crick, crick. And his knuckles open up. And then he's just like slams his hand into like the one guy's face and you think his fingers would go into his eyes but instead his finger goes into his forehead just into it and the blood seeps out <laughs> like he had a bait like he had the soft spot like a baby yeah exactly <laughs> also i love that these emts are just talking about other accidents yeah. like 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 this is just a regular person laurie strobe they're like yeah she died in a car accident for some reason i'm bringing it up right here next to this body uh, yeah, they love talking about all the lore. It's one of the things I actually like about the series is that everybody in it treats it like it's an urban legend. And they're like, have you heard of Michael Myers? Mm-hmm. And they all know these different you know, pieces of information that's being shared at just the right time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, her daughter. So which is crazy because it's like she had her daughter when she was like right after the Halloween movies yeah. because her daughter's like eight, I think, or something. Oh, and- yeah. Jamie Lloyd played by Danielle Harris. So, yeah, it comes out, like, 10 years after the first one. So the idea is that she basically, like, highly traumatized, had this child, died in a car accident. Now this child is with, like, another family. Yeah, Lori's had it really rough. Um, The girl who plays Jamie is great. I love that her name is Jamie. I wonder if that's a connection to Jamie Lee Curtis. I think it is, yeah, for sure. Um, Daniel Harris is great. She goes on to be in the original Roseanne um, before we knew what a nutcase she was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she was in a couple of other so she was in Halloween 4 and then she was also in yeah in 2007's Halloween remake um, and it's sequel but as Annie Brackett interesting yeah she didn't reprise I think that was just a nod to this because so 4, 5, and 6 are turned into a different timeline Okay, and then by the time that H2O comes around it ignores 4 through 6 and acts like it's picking up after 2 uh. So the series has a lot of memory issues where it's like, not this one, but this one, not this one, but this one. And, and the so new one continues that tradition. Yeah, it's just being like, screw all y'all. We're going back so to the does, beginning. So does that mean the new one is also retconning H2O or is it happening after two before H2O? It's retconning, retconning everything, everything except the first Halloween. Wow. But I actually, yeah, we'll get to H2O. I love that one. I think that's like one of the best ones in the whole series. But oh. um, the new storyline for the fourth one is that Lori's dead. There's this new um, daughter and she has this special like metaphysical connection to Michael Myers. Oh, Makes sense. And they do this thing. It's kind of like The Shining or like Harry Potter and Voldemort uh-huh. where like she can tell when he's going to kill. Yeah. Oh, well, well, that sounds like whack. Ray and um, sorry, I had to add Ray that in there. And, uh, Kylo, Kylo Ren, yeah, okay, they got to see each other, and he was in a towel for some reason. <laughs> they, they just did that for the fans. That's when you they get did. fan service in anime. They're like, we're gonna do this for the Kylo heads. All so they right. basically just introduce that storyline in the fourth one, and then it ends. We're allowed to talk about endings, yeah. We've yep. been yeah. talking about yep, endings, yep, yep. okay. <laughs> um, and then it ends with like. She's really goes through the ringer and then she ends up um, she's like touching Michael at the end when they think he's dead again. And so the idea is that like some of his rage got into her. And so she goes back to her home and then kills her foster mother. Hell yeah. The same way. She's like wearing the clown costume. She got oh. some scissors. She kills her foster oh. mother. And then um, Dr. Loomis is like, 
oh, you know, like, she is him. Not again. <laughs> yeah, she, like, tries to kill her, and that's when the cops are like, you're done now. <laughs> like, we let oh, you run the show for two hours. Not, not when, he, when they shot a kid, but this kid. <laughs> this we're kid. not going to let you get another kid. Uh, so, yeah, we got about seven more. This is number four. So that's how that one ends, is that she's killed, and now it's like, is she Michael Myers? Mm. But then the fifth one starts, and it's not that bad. Oh, well, let's talk about that fifth one after these messages. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Relax this Sunday with a little moment to yourself and the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Hey there, parents and teachers. Are you tired of feeling like every day is a battle of wills with your kids? Let me tell you about something that changed the game. Love and Logic. Love and Logic isn't just another parenting or teaching strategy. It's a mindset shift that empowers you to raise responsible, respectful kids while keeping your sanity intact. With Love and Logic, you'll learn practical techniques to set limits with empathy, give your kids the tools they need to make smart choices, and build relationships based on mutual respect and understanding. Love and Logic stands behind their methods with a one-year money-back guarantee. Try it out risk-free. If it doesn't change your life, we'll buy it back. Plus, you can get 10% off with code IHEART10. So if you're ready to say goodbye to power struggles and hello to peaceful, loving relationships with your kids, it's time to give love and logic a try. Visit their website or call today. Your sanity will thank you. Love and logic, because parenting and teaching should be a joy, not a chore. Visit loveandlogic.com. We are back. Dun, 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 dun. We need some Spooktober um, music. Yeah. The Twilight. Nah, 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 nah. So we are talking about Halloween 5, the revenge of Michael Myers. Are they not all the revenge of no, Michael Myers? No, he had Myers? to return. Okay, okay. So the, had to get revenge. Dropped October 13th, 1989. That's, that's back to back. The last one came out in 1988. Mm-hmm. So now you got 1989. So they came out back to back because, okay, everyone hated the third one, right? So then the fourth one comes up and it was a huge success. Yeah. Everyone was like, yes, like, this we're is sorry, what we we're want. sorry, we're sorry. We're trying yeah. to delete it. Sorry. People were like <laughs> pumped on um, Daniel Harris. They were like, yes, we love this. Like, let's get more of this. So then everybody was ready. So they knew they had to like make the next one come mm-hmm. out really quickly. So she returns for the fifth one and um, she has this physical connection Weirdly, no one is that upset with her that she murdered her foster mother. Like, her foster (laughs) sister is very chill and friendly and not traumatized, even though she also went through this terrible thing. Um, But now uh, little Jamie is mute because she's so scared that she lost her voice. What? And very sweaty. The most sweaty for the entire movie. Wow. Um, 
and she knows when uh, Michael's killing. And so Dr. Loomis is with her a lot. And together they become like this like um, team of like, this is about to happen. We'll call you when this happens. No one believes Jamie. They're like, she's a little girl who's been through a lot. And it's only Dr. Loomis this time who's like, no, she knows. She has Michael in her. <laughs> this poor old man. Oh, yeah. Um, and he says his face is all scarred because he's like been through a fire. Oh, for sure. Like he's really gone through the ringer at this point. Um, no, I love that in every film, too, no one believes him. He always has to start the beginning of the film being like, Michael is coming back. Oh, I know, back. he does. Yeah. Please believe me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so so the film ends with Michael being taken into police custody only to be broken out of jail by a mysterious stranger all dressed in black. Yeah, this, is, this was a real uh, bad choice. They actually... Um, thought that the movie needed like a little more zazz. So they uh, did a bunch of shoots at the very end, like pickup scenes of like a guy dressed all in black and then went back and edited it into the movie oh, in wow. random parts. And then we're like, I don't know what this means. We'll figure it out in the next movie, which is kind of how all of them play at this point. Uh -huh. It's like, we'll just write it later. Yeah. And so all the man in black stuff is um, a bummer and kind of tarnishes the the fifth and the fourth one because then it takes us to the curse of Michael Myers, which I think is one of the worst uh, of all of them, except for that it has Paul Rudd, the saving guy. I know. Okay, so the <laughs> Halloween, moving on, Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers, dropped September 29th, 1995. The jailbreaker finds Jamie and her new son, Michael, kills Jamie. But it's not the same actress, and so you don't really realize oh, it's Jamie right away. What are they right doing? Away. No, it's because she's older, oh. and like, but do they don't make any effort to make her look the same. The beginning of the curse of Michael Myers is outrageously confusing. I've probably seen it 15 times and every time I'm like but wait why it's needlessly confusing so it's revealed that Michael is driven by the curse of thorn which forces a person to kill their entire family in order to save all of civilization so that's what I was talking about earlier when you're like why the family so uh, this you know, is that like several episodes in they're like I was gonna uh, like yell what but actually Dan can you just edit in the little John what uh, right <laughs> after Danny says that and then you can leave this part in just in case people are confused. <laughs> There's a lot of runes in this movie. I love it. So so Paul Rudd, the in, so Michael kills Jamie and continues searching for her baby. Everyone's just procreating. Uh, nobody is traumatized enough to not give birth. I mean, <laughs> I this know, is just kind of right? crazy to me. Like, I... Anyways, and, um, F the pain away. Yeah, Ooh, apparently. Ooh, I love me some peaches. Oh, the, we, all, the, <laughs> we all peaches. The infant is found by Tommy Doyle. <laughs> I love that name. Yeah, it's such a perfect, like, <laughs> little dork name. And isn't that kind of like, seems like Paul Rudd, too? Yeah, He's like, yeah. You are a Tommy Doyle in another life. Oh, my God. Well, and Tommy Doyle, then, is the little boy in the first Halloween You're that right. Lori is watching. Yes. And is watching the thing yes. when she's babysitting. God, him. this is so convoluted. They don't look the same. They yeah. did not based on similarity of looks. You know what? This does kind of remind <laughs> people are going to get mad. I was going to say, this does remind me of Star Wars because it's so incestuous that it's like <laughs> all the same, like, but then so-and-so's dad and his, but like, it's I all I love it. So, it's like the improv game they can't where leave. you say a sentence and mm -hmm. then the next person says a sentence and then the next person says a sentence. That's basically how I think The Curse of Michael Myers was written. But they're keeping it so <laughs> within the family. So mm -hmm. like, and then his neighbor, it's like th th these people could have moved on with their lives and moved into different places, but instead mm -hmm. they're all just staying Adam in the feels same where bubble. It's at. Same bubble. It's uh, and everyone's so scared of the Myers house, but everyone continues to live in and around it. Yeah. Well, in the original one, nobody lived in it. 
which I thought right. was weird. Like, okay, somebody was, one person was murdered. Like, the, you know, property value is still good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, for real though. Yeah, it was the 80s, boom time. Yeah. I think it would still um, be fine. Um, yeah, it's honestly, I think it's what the Halloween movies have going for them. A lot of people complain that Michael Myers isn't an interesting bad guy, but that aside, I actually think the other characters is what makes it interesting and like the weaving in and out and continuing characters like Nightmare on Elm Street doesn't really continue characters like that. Friday the 13th like certainly doesn't. So I like that it's kind of incestuous in that way. It keeps the whole story of Haddonfield going. Yeah, it really yeah. does. And so Michael Myers, oh, ugh. <laughs> Michael Myers isn't like, you know, cracking silly jokes like uh, Freddy Krueger is. But like, yeah. I don't watch the Halloween movies for Mike Myers as much as like the fun theories and like the wiggling in and out of story that is yeah, the yeah, Haddonfield yeah. universe. Also, I feel like, you know, you have... The Haddonfield like Universe. Jones. I love it. <laughs> it's like you're talking about like it's, like it's a DCEU. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you have someone like Michael Myers who, like, I like that he was called The Shape because I, that's kind of how I feel about him. He's just this this event, this being. So, yeah, he is, like, unimportant. And, and I feel like his design is that way. His face is blank. He's wearing a jumpsuit. There is nothing to be like... Oh, he's he's the scary guy where like, yeah, characters like Freddy Krueger are all personality. That's why Mm -hmm. they have so many one liners. But Michael Myers is like someone you can actually see coming to you. And they have to add so much personality around Freddy Krueger because they want everyone to forget that he was a pedophile. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. That's a very good point because then he later becomes a hero, which is like, wait, why are you cheering for him? (laughs) I think when when series move away from you identifying with the victims and then yeah. you're identifying with the killer. Like that's a problem in horror. Like yeah. horror is supposed to, ex- not supposed to, but I think horror is its best when it explores the ills of society and like our deepest fears. And, oh yeah. Uh, when you start identifying with like a psychopath, like what, what are you, what's the point of this film anymore? Well, you know, just to get you excited about psychos. Yeah. Um, so the end of this is Michael is finally subdued by Tommy who injects him with large quantities of tranquilizers inside the Smith's Grove sanitary. I mean, now they're, I love that they're just throwing things in here. Yeah. <laughs> Tranquilizers. The, the fire. end doesn't matter, but I think it's nice for Tommy that he gets the kill. Well, you know, he's never dead, but he's I never think it dead. feels good for Tommy. He worked really hard to kill Michael. And <laughs> yeah. I think it's nice. Good for you, Paul Rudd. Yeah. Um, so Halloween H2O, then 20 years later, they get Jamie Lee Curtis back and they just erase everything that That was a big deal, right? Yeah, it was a huge, huge deal. Yeah. yeah. It was really big and they just erased everything. So this is like... So wait, they're going to do it again? Yeah. <laughs> they yep. keep doing it. I exactly. love it. Exactly. So they're I like, okay, it. nothing happened. And they talk about it. They're like, no one's heard from Michael since that night in the hospital. And they say it a couple different times throughout the movie. Wait, which night in the hospital? Like Halloween 2. So this okay. one does act as if it goes okay. 1, two, 2, and then this. And then this. So okay. everything that Jamie Curtis has done, gotcha. she's been around for that. And now she changed her identity. Although they do say that she was in a car accident. Does she have a baby? Does she have a kid? They no never daughter. Ne- they never talk about that. But in this one, Josh Hartnett, 40 Days and 40 Ooh. Nights, he is her kid. And he is a um, teenager at this prep school that now okay. she is the president of and she's changed her name so that michael can't find her and they live in northern california um but like 
Teen oh, Boy. and Michelle Williams is in it. Yeah, Michelle Williams is in it. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in it in the beginning. Yo. And then he has a Drew Barrymore-esque murder. Oh. But I think this was his first movie. I think this was either right yeah. before. I think this was either right before or right after 10 Things I Hate About You. So I don't know if he was a big enough name to get people yeah. into the theater. Yeah, where was this on the third Rock from the Sun? I know, time, right? right? Yeah, well, this like, dropped August 7th, 1998. Oh. So it was like third right. Rock from the Sun mm-hmm. and then this and then 10 Things, I think. Okay. Um, so like Josh Hart. And it's like, I want to get out and I want to explore things. Don't keep me here at school. And mom's like, don't you understand? I've been through so much. And he doesn't like that. So he's like, me and my friends are going to like do a fun thing and lie to you about it. <laughs> um, and then that, of course, that goes terribly. Michael just winds up in California because it's Halloween. And he's like, I, I don't know. He figures out that she's there in California. Okay. okay. And then just like kills a ton of teenagers. And um, Jamie Lee Curtis's really awful boyfriend he pretends that he's nice he's like a woke therapist who's like just tell me who you are tell me about your background i'm here for you and then she does and then he's like okay calm down everything's fine he's very patronizing and then as soon as michael myers comes back even though she's been telling him it's going to happen and he's like it's fine don't be dramatic michael myers comes back the therapist freaks out and immediately shoots LL Cool J. <laughs> oh, God. He's just like, you know who the real threat is? This one black guy. Oh, my Lord. But LL Does he Cool die? J lives. Okay. You no, think I mean, he's dead. No, 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 not him. Does the therapist die? The best part about this scene is that LL Cool J, so he shoots him immediately. Yeah. And then Michael Myers comes around the corner. He's like, oh, no, I shot the wrong person, obviously. And then Michael Myers guts him immediately. Hell, yeah. yeah. So I think Hell he's yeah. really doing a big service in that one because that guy sucked. Um, and then Jamie, he kills everybody except for, uh, Josh Hartnett. And I mean, so why would you? He's too pretty. I know. He's, that face. He's actually, like, I, I don't can't know. ruin this I face. don't know how old he was back then, so I don't know if that's a thing. But I'm just thinking of he's the Josh like Hartnett. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. I was like, I'm, I didn't really see this movie, but I just remember Josh Hartnett from my teen years. So mm-hmm. this um, one's great because it's got like a lot of teen faces. It's very referential. It's funny. It's like with it. Mm-hmm. And it's extremely yeah. 90s. It's so 90s that it's very 90s. Creed even plays as the credit wow. song. Oh my gosh. Can you take me higher? It's a weird choice, right? <laughs> Is that, that what the one that they played? No, it's oh. like, but don't they all sound like that? <laughs> Moving on to Resurrection. Oh, wait, can I say one more thing about Oh, sure, sure, sure. This is important. So H2O, the, the very end of it is so good because like Lori is like, it's just me and you. And she's like going to take Michael Hell and yeah. murder him. Yeah. So like at the very end, it's like just her and Michael, mano a mano. And she has like a machete or something and just ta- like decapitates him and his head goes flying oh, and rolling. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And so it's such a great ending because Lori's the final girl and she's like, her whole life has been traumatized. Everyone around her has been murdered. And she gets to kill the big bad. Like, that's a good thing. It's, like, very exciting. And it should have ended there. Like, that should have been the end of the series. And so it was a huge mistake four years later then when they came out with Halloween oh, Resurrection. No. Because it's not only did, like, she not get that kill, but this movie does not hold a candle to H2O or the no, series No, I was going to say, general. so it turns out that wasn't Michael that she killed. God. She, Michael switched um, costumes with an EMT and <laughs> oh, put Lord. his mask on the EMT. So, so, so then so Lori ends up decapitating an EMT. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't deserve that. Also, doesn't that mean that the EMT was trying to kill Lori for some reason, yeah, too? Yeah, true. Yeah, real iffy, real shaky. Yeah. Um, 
So she can't deal with the fact that she killed an innocent man. She's in the mental hospital. Uh, mm -hmm. But she's kind of just like biding her time there and she's not taking the medication. She's like fake taking it and everyone thinks she's mute too. And then she's like, no, I'm planning my revenge. Oh, Sarah Connor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. It's yeah, very yeah, similar yeah. to that. Although, so this movie sucks for a lot of reasons and it has some fun aspects as well. But the biggest problem with it is then... Lori does get to face off against Michael Myers again, but then he like tricks her and uses her like moment of weakness because she's worried about killing the wrong guy again. So she tries to unmask him when he's kind of like, you know, oh, uh -huh. hanging upside down. She's got him snared in a trap. Yeah. She's almost going to kill him, but then she's scared that she's going to kill the wrong guy. So she goes to reach for the mask and then he pulls her over and throws her down a building. So he kills her, which is like such what? bullshit. Why after all this time does he get to kill her? Oh, yeah. I it's remember. heartbreaking. I think it's legitimately I, sad in a terrible movie. I, I, I do remember she does die this. And I was like, what? After all of that, yeah. that's her death. And then that's not that's like the first 10 or 15 minutes of the movie. That's not even the focus of the film. Yeah. It's like the opening. Ugh. And then it turns into a reality television show. Oh, my gosh. Which is really fun because it's 2002. So they're like, hey, it's the internet. Yeah. And they're showing that time of the internet where things changed so quickly that it was like very cool at the time and then immediately dated. Yeah. And Busta and Tara are there. Yeah, mm -hmm. they, I think that's the best part is Busta Bust being there. People hate it. They consider it to be the worst movie. But in rewatching it, I will say, um, even though the Laurie Strode stuff is total garbage, I think it's fun to be taken back to a very specific time in tech history. <laughs> like it's kind of a delight. Yeah. It's very silly. Especially like when you see things like how much things change in the sense that like, oh, we had no idea this was going to happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. And then after that, we get to uh, the other movies, which is uh, Halloween <laughs> 2007, remade by Rob Zombie, um, who, you know, everyone was expecting it to be great because everyone likes the Devil's Rejects, you know? You Not don't for like, me. You, you don't like the devil's <laughs> I don't really reject? like his style. I feel like he's like nihilistic and mean-spirited. Mm -hmm. ah. And that's just not what I'm in to horror for. Yeah. Um, totally fine if other people like it, but it just doesn't get me happy or excited. And yeah. so um, they were fine. I mean, I liked them because they really get into Michael's backstory and essentially just say he's from this like sad, abusive household. Yeah. So that's the whole like, this is why he kills. Ah. Um. And like, so I, I think the backstory is interesting if you're going to go in that direction. A yeah. lot of people hated that there was backstory. Yeah. So, and then it's just like really intense kills. It was on at a restaurant one time. I was eating dinner. Yeah. And somebody had on what? like AMC, like 30 Days of Horror. Uh, so it was around Halloween. And before that was something like Beetlejuice. Yeah. But then it was like going to be the 10 o'clock hour. Uh. <laughs> it was like a small like family restaurant. And then this Halloween came on and I knew how gory it was and there were there's like a family sitting at the next table over and I'm like, oh no. And there's just like throat slitting, yeah. and gashing, like blood everywhere. <laughs> and I watched this whole family's eyes go so wide. That's and so I'm funny. like calling the waitress over. I'm like, can you turn off the TV? It's extremely violent and traumatizing these children. That's so funny because yeah, this is right around, this is 2007, which is right around when Saw came out, like we said, mm, which exactly. changed horror. And instead of making, because you know, like we were saying in Halloween 1, it was a lot left to the imagination because we could do that. Uh, and now we're at the point where it's like, you got to show it because it's good. And yeah, people want more. There's a bloodlust. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And remember in the original one, they didn't really have blood. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, okay, so, so that was, uh, which uh, one was that? That was Halloween. the first remake. So now we got Halloween 2, the second remake, 
where Michael and Lori have shared visions of their mother, Deborah, uh, and Michael tries to kill Lori but dies in the process. Now Lori is Michael? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> uh, this dropped August 29th of 2009. Yeah, the um, first one came out in August, too. Like, why can't you get the rights to October? Like, I don't yeah, understand. I, that's, that's like, so, you know, it's interesting. They started to move horror stuff to being more late summer i guess it would have more time in the box Mm -hmm. office if it did well yeah yeah it was kind of fascinating if you look back at the original ones that dropped the weekend of halloween because that really doesn't make sense yeah right because typically you're going to now you're going to movie in november well yeah yeah november is christmas Mm -hmm. (laughs) for box office like a lot of christmas movies drop in november to give you some time so and then also like the last Halloween movie to drop during Halloween season, technically. I'll just say October, because I feel like we're in September and we're all still Halloween ready. Uh, was Halloween 5, which dropped October 13th, which still was a departure from its 20th release date. Then Curse of Michael Myers was the 29th of September. Then we moved to August for H2O. Then we move all the way up to August. Ju- uh, July for uh July 12th for Resurrection and then we were like oh that was too far and then Rob Zombie was August 31st and then with Halloween 2 the second remake August 29th but yeah so uh and then we have have you seen the new one yet or just heard the because like now not out yet yes not out. I would love to have gotten an early viewing I got a, a well, I know a lot of film review folks who saw it at TIFF, and they oh, really, really enjoyed loved it. it. So, I mean, yeah. the trailer, I watched it tw- as soon as it came out, I just like immediately rewatched it a couple times because, like, it's just so creepy and visually very exciting. I love, I think everybody loves that checkerboard floor yeah. visual. And then there's like a part where he drops teeth on the floor that just seems horrifying. Yeah, I'm very, very excited about it. I think the poster's really scary too. It's just like his face, yeah. it's, you know, from the high angle and like, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, how the first one where he feels like he's always looming over you. Oh, yeah. And they immediately create that just in the poster. I that's think that's so very good. cool. So as a horror fan, you were like on it as soon as the trailer and dropped. I was skeptical until I watched the trailer. Nice. Like when they started talking about this last year, and I don't know why I'm giving Danny McBride a hard time because it's like I love him comedic- comedically and we're both comedians. And yeah. like I love horror and I think there's a strong connection between comedy and horror. Um, and then, But as soon as he said he was going to do it, I was like, What's your qualification? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was just like, I don't think this is going to be any good. Yeah. Um, but when John Carpenter came on board, I was like, okay, I guess if he's okay. Yeah. With if, it. He's, if he's digging it. Yeah. That, I, I get that, you know, because especially since John Carpenter's still alive, you're like, well, y- you need his blessing. <laughs> yeah. And well, it's like, I love the first one so much. I think it's one of the scariest movies ever. I think it's so fun. It reminds me of my childhood because like especially all the movies, the first few movies that came out in the 80s, it like looks like what I remember Halloween looking like when I was a kid. So they're like little time capsules. Like I'm going little time machines. They're really nice. But um so I was like skeptical. I'm like, does Michael Myers belong in 2018? Yeah. But with Jamie Lee Curtis on board too, like she deserves it. It sucked that she got killed, and I'm excited that she's not dead anymore. Yeah, that, that was a nice uh, change. I'll, and also, we have like some facts about how it stacks up against other slashers. So, like the first Halloween made a gross of seventy million. The first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street had a gross of twenty five million. Hmm. First Friday of uh, the first Friday the thirteenth had a gross of fifty nine point seventy five million. So it seems like you know. Out of the first renditions, Halloween was king. But if we're going based on their highest gross, Halloween, uh, uh, the first Rob Zombie one, had the highest gross with $80 million. Maybe we'll bake, break it with the new one. 
but the highs uh, is the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street reboot that happened in 2010, which was 115 million, and the F- Freddy versus Jason, uh, which I think is a double. <laughs> I don't think it should count as their highest, no. but whatever. Their highest gross was 114 million. So uh, I contributed to that. I saw that one at a drive-in. Oh, really? Yeah, in my car. Oh, that's a nice way to see a. Scary it was. Movie, it was know? really fun, and even that movie, which is uh, very silly in many parts, it was creepy. You yeah. had a good time. Now, I think the only other interesting thing to say is that this kicked off the final girl trope, which was like explored oh, really? in like feminist film criticism. Yeah. Um, because this made you know in the next slasher films it created a pattern where there's always one strong woman was the one who was going to survive and oftentimes they had like a more gender um non-gender conforming name so like Lori can be a guy's name or like um sydney and scream can be a guy's name oh uh uh-huh um but halloween Lori strode was like the one that kind of kicked off that idea oh started building the pattern for the final girl yeah the final girl is uh it's such an interesting trope because, yeah, it, it, it is wild because on the one hand, you're like, oh, cool. Uh, a woman survives at the end. She defeats the killer. But it's like, man, OK. <laughs> well, especially when you start exploring that, like, why does she's the one who gets to live when they start? It's nice that John Carpenter wasn't doing it because she was virginal, but they definitely pick up that pattern in like Friday the 13th movies. It's like. One of the, I love those movies are fun, but one of the reasons they're, I think they're a little annoying is that it's just each one are dumb teenagers and they're like not that interesting. And it's yeah. really either that's just that they're having sex and doing drugs or they're not having sex and doing drugs. Yeah. And like that's not like a fun way to decide who dies because yeah. like what killer is like really keeping track of like your nightlife? <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, you know what's really funny is I was going to say that's also, and I think it was done in the same way that John Carpenter did this one where it wasn't meant to be about that, but um, It Follows also does that. Where I'm like, is this just a PSA to not have sex? Because yeah. <laughs> if God. you have sex, the thing follows you. Mm-hmm. And so, but I don't think that they actually met, like I think it was just teens have sex and that's like an easy way for it and to an pass. an interesting way, yeah. No, yeah. my mom like really latched onto that and she's like, I think this is a good message for why teenagers aren't flexible <laughs> enough for sex. I don't think that's what they meant. I'm like, yeah. no, mom. I think it's just the thing that everyone relates to. Is mm-hmm. like, what's a relatable thing? Well, you're, you have Everybody sex. Everybody has sex yeah. except yeah. for asexuals. I see you. Um, <laughs> but I just wanted to make a, a couple of short little quick facts before we close this out. And one is that they shot in 20, the original Halloween shot in 20 days. The Whoa. script, yeah, 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 yeah. The script, it took less than two weeks to write. So everyone, get your features finished. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, there's not a lot of dialogue in it when you think That's about true. it. It's like teens interacting, but mm-hmm. there's not like long solilo- soliloquies that happen yeah. in all the other ones. Uh, Yeah, and that uh, the house was actually abandoned when they shot. Like that yeah. house was really abandoned. Um, That house had to be relocated. It's in South Pasadena. And, uh, Wait, what do you mean relocated? Well, it was relocated. Um, it was going to be demolished. Oh. But I think because of the success of the film, they ended up relocating Saved the house. It. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that is Halloween. Everyone listening, let us know. I guess whenever you first remember watching it and uh, what your favorite one is and what you are looking forward to with the new one. I'm yeah. really excited. I love so Jamie excited. Lee Curtis. She's so great. Did you watch Scream Queens on FX? I didn't watch all of it, no. She was very funny she's in that. So good. They gave her a lot of great lines. She, Girl, I love her from Freaky Friday. Like, she's so good in that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I she's like, good in everything she absolutely. does. Absolutely. I love that she's been rocking that haircut for a long time. She right. was like, this is my look, and I'm not changing it. Yeah. And I respect that. 
Oh, uh, you know what? We see her at, she always comes, or not always comes, but her son is super into anime. Oh, yeah. And so, and Ify and I work with Funimation, and so we'll go to the Funimation premieres, and she is there with her son, and they cosplay a lot. Oh, yeah. So no, she will dress up amazing. with her son, and they'll be at the events, like, cosplaying different characters How old is and her stuff. son? I forgot, I, but he's, like he's around young. around our age? Or? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's a little around. bit younger than us, I oh, think. Wow. Um, I love that. What a great mom. Oh, yeah. She'll go all out and, and wear different like outfits and stuff and take pictures. And she's super dope. Uh, so, yeah, it's another cool thing. It's nice to hear. Um, Luce, where can everyone catch you? Uh, you can get me on Instagram and Twitter at LTB Comedy. Those are my initials, Luce Tomlin Brenner. Ooh. Yeah. And um, I also host a storytelling show at The Lyric called Dead the Whole Time. And it's stories based on urban legends. Um, Super dope. So, yeah, we've got one on October 3rd, and we've got one on October 31st. So I'm excited to tell scary Woo-hoo. stories on Halloween. Halloween. Um, I am at Ms. Danny Fernandez on all the socials. We have more Spooktober episodes coming up for you, so definitely tune in here for all your spookiness. Prepare to be spooked. Ify and I will both be at New York Comic Con. I am hosting a panel on Friday yeah, at 2.45, uh, but check my Twitter because I'll be posting about it. And that is me. And you know me. I'm Ify Wadiway, I-F-Y-N-W-A-D-I-W-E on Twitter and Instagram. Ify's on Twitch. Come through. We're going to have some fun playing games. Got my schedule all settled out. So we're going to be having more frequent streams. I'm streaming. For those who are trying to keep track or listening, it was like, ah, just tell me when. I stream pretty much uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, Tuesdays, Thursdays. Uh, I am not streaming, usually out trying to do some comedy, and sometimes Saturdays and Sundays. Those are more flexible. So come through, have fun, and let's talk and chat. Thank you so much. Stay spooky, y'all. Stay spooky. Hey there, parents and teachers. Are you tired of feeling like every day is a battle of wills with your kids? Let me tell you about something that changed the game. Love and Logic. Love and Logic isn't just another parenting or teaching strategy. It's a mindset shift that empowers you to raise responsible, respectful kids while keeping your sanity intact. With Love and Logic, you'll learn practical techniques to set limits with empathy, give your kids the tools they need to make smart choices, and build relationships based on mutual respect and understanding. Love and Logic stands behind their methods with a one-year money-back guarantee. Try it out risk-free. If it doesn't change your life, we'll buy it back. Plus, you can get 10% off with code IHEART10. So if you're ready to say goodbye to power struggles and hello to peaceful, loving relationships with your kids, it's time to give love and logic a try. Visit their website or call today. Your sanity will thank you. Love and logic, because parenting and teaching should be a joy, not a chore. Visit loveandlogic.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee visit rightrug.com that's r-i-t-e-r-u-g.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you 24-month financing is available with approved credit for 90 years we've been right here right now right rug flooring there are choices that can change your life like the choice to start routine colorectal cancer screening at age 45 It's one of the most common cancers for women and men. 
and it doesn't always have symptoms. But there's good news. Routine screening can catch colorectal cancer early and even prevent it. And there's even better news. You have screening options. Make the choice to put your health first. Talk to your doctor about your screening options or visit cdc.gov slash screen for life for more information.